Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Mama's Basement. I go by the name of Kevin Kryptonite, and this is episode 7. The one where we talk about Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So, uh, before we get right into the episode, I would like to say that uh, thank you guys for over 100 plays that I have now on this podcast. And I'm only 6 episodes in. So, to every single one of you who's ever listened to one of these episodes i thank you so much for being here and listening and writing with me it's i enjoy doing this a lot it's a lot of fun it's a way to uh get out of my comfort zone and do something a bit different but also uh, a way for me to get my opinions out and hopefully some of uh you have the same sentiments as i do about some of the topics that i bring up and uh yeah i just want to say thank you very much for for listening and i hope that you'll continue to ride with me throughout all the other episodes that i post here uh about last week's episode i again i want to apologize for the quality of that um i had uh, issues with you know having guests on and my network and the wi-fi so things weren't being captured you know in real time or one-to-one as it is right now so there were issues of lag and this that and the other which is why it was so choppy, but I thought I should keep it up because, like I said, it was a lot of fun to do. And uh, I'm going to have those guests back on and other guests moving forward where we just talk about basically whatever we really want. Um, yeah, just a couple more things for the housekeeping part of it. Again, this is Mama's Basement. You can find us on Spotify under Mama's Basement. You can find us on the Anchor app. Uh, and mama's basement as well i also have a youtube channel uh you can find me there by the name of kevin kryptonite that is k-e-v-i-n-k-r-y-p-t-i-n-i-t-e all one word and you can see some of my videos there most of them are gaming related uh i have a lot of fun doing that i haven't posted as frequently as i have with the podcast there so bear with me but there's a lot of interesting stuff that I'm excited for you to see. If you choose to subscribe, please do like, share, comment, uh, just engage, share with whoever you think might be interested in that content as well. And lastly, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Kryptonite. That is K-E-V-I-N-K-R-Y-P-T-I-N-I-T-E. Please follow me there to keep updated with, uh, I guess, all all things podcast, gaming, and uh, nerd culture. So yeah, that's all for housekeeping. And as the episode suggests, we're going to be talking about the uh, the blackout for most major social media platforms that happened on the 4th of October 2021. It was yesterday as of the recording of this podcast. Now, uh, kind of what happened is, um, yeah, it's just straightforward. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Telegram, I believe, and eventually TikTok stopped working for most people, if not everyone, for upwards of maybe 8 to 12 hours. I think 8 hours, maybe more or less, yesterday. And uh, the world was wondering what was happening. I got more than a few phone calls or messages thinking that, you know, they wanted to figure out what was happening. Like, was it happening just to them? Some people were panicking, thinking that uh, they had been blocked by all their friends or all their contacts or something like that had happened or maybe they blamed the signal, the Wi-Fi, the network. 
everybody had different reasons for thinking what was going on. Uh, but um, the only kind of platform that was working was Twitter. Twitter was the only thing that was up around that time. And because of the influx of people who when, could no longer be on their platforms and the them rushing over to Twitter to you know try and engage and figure out what was going on, the site kind of slowed down as well. It had seen, I think, its biggest engagement in a while, at least that quickly. Um, which is going to bring me on to a later topic that we're going to discuss. But for now, I kind of want to go into why this blackout had happened. Uh, I have an article pulled up here. Uh, the article is from news24.com and it goes like this. So, um, so as of the blackout, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's personal wealth has fallen by nearly 7 billion in just a few hours knocking him down a notch on the list of world of the world's richest people after a whistleblower came forward of outages that took Facebook's flagship product offline. Now, um, a sell-off sent the social media giant stock plummeting around 5% on Monday, adding to a total drop of about 15% since mid-September. Now, uh, a sell-off basically means that when the outage happened when um, this whistleblower came forward with uh, this cache of information if, um, most of the people who had high number of stocks within Facebook just started to dump them and that ended up plummeting the stock as an overhaul which resulted in Mark Zuckerberg losing 7 billion in just a few hours that's a pretty steep dump to see so quickly even though we have seen kind of uh, mass dumps of stock when some sort of controversy happens like if there is a new president that are, you know arises or if some scandal comes out by some political figure you do tend to see a drop in stock but for a social platform to have this kind of mass response kind of shows that there's something really serious in the background that we might not be seeing as an overall uh, you know uh, factor to why so many people dumped so much stock so quickly and especially if all the people who have the stock are wealthy you know high-powered individuals maybe they don't want to be implicated in any of the leaks that are going to be coming out from this whistleblower all right moving on with the article it says on the 13th of september the wall street journal began publishing a series of stories based on a cache of internal documents revealing that facebook knew about a wide range of problems within its products, such as Instagram's harm to teenage girls, mental health, and misinformation about the Jan 6 capital riots. If you remember about the January 6 capital riots as well, a bunch of, uh, well, a bunch of uh, Americans had stormed uh, the Capitol, the White House, in protest of them wanting a recount to the... Um, uh, to basically the re-election of Donald Trump to being the president. Uh, so in social media, in terms of Facebook, uh, just to go back a little, the they were messages like they were message boards, they was uh, Facebook posts that were posted on on the site of these people actually rallying there. They're like they were, they made groups to say that we are going to meet up at this place. This, these are our actions. And we're going to go forth with these actions regardless of who says what. 
So I guess this all goes into question of if Facebook knew about such information, why did they not take action on it in terms of either taking the post down or uh, making the post aware to the relevant authorities or doing some sort of countermeasure to eventually what it ended up happening, which is all these people storming the Capitol building and are basically just occupying it without any real deterrence or force. I mean, this also does conjure up questions of the Black Lives Matter movement and how quickly uh, police were to respond in violence towards that protest as opposed to the majority of uh, what seemed like white people who stormed the capital and weren't met with nearly as much force as, you know, the Black Lives Matter protest was concerned. But that's a topic for another time. Moving on, the, uh, it goes to say, with downplaying the issues in public, the reports have drawn the attention of government officials, and on Monday, the whistleblower revealed herself. In response, Facebook has emphasized that the issues facing its products include political polarization, are complex and not caused by technology alone. And I think that's where I'm going to end that article for now. So, uh... To sort of condense this information, it goes so it's it's it goes down to this, right? Uh, you set up an account on a social media platform, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and the terms and conditions, right? Terms and conditions are that you can use this application without having to pay like a premium package, if you so choose, so quote unquote for free, with the um, understanding that your information could be used for third party you know uh, applications like your information can be used by third party applications for whatever um a reason that they might be able or want to use it for mainly kind of the subtext is that uh for product advertising so that you have targeted advertising based on the things that you enjoy to engage with on these sites so if you're on facebook for instance and uh you engage in a lot of chatter around let's say soccer for instance or football then uh, you will have targeted marketing towards those things those are the kind of ads that you will see on your facebook page that'll be related to hey do you want to go get this new jersey that the soccer team has or do you want to get these new soccer boots so forth so on and so forth right that is sort of the underlying known uh, aspect of third party information being sold to you know your information being sold to third parties in that sense or used in that sense now where it becomes problematic is that you're kind of being monitored in a way your activity is being monitored and if you know by any means just a little bit about technology it's it's just pretty evident that uh, they have your information they know who your friends are they know where you live they know where you've been when I say they, I mostly mean like Facebook and Instagram because you take pictures, they have geotags on those pictures. You you like posts, uh, you show your friends there and there has to be a human that is at some point coming across that information. And it's very valuable to uh, big enterprises, right? To be able to garner a, a new... Uh, like base of people instead of having like your traditional way of sending out flyers you know at random if you have this pool of information 
of like uh, what individuals like and what they're into there's a convenience also in um, you having those as being sort of curated to what you're looking at at any given point in time so that you're not just inundated with clutter of things that you're not interested in like you don't want to have to see adverts about toolboxes if you're not really into toolboxes right if you're into gaming you want to see stuff that is more targeted to gaming but uh, that's kind of what all of that means now going back to why this uh leak is a problem now knowing that facebook is uh, aware of the engagement that is happening on most of the sites right and also is in uh control of what they can block take off ban this that and the other twitter um you know as uh, implemented a thing of saying that uh, there's this I, I don't necessarily know what it's called but it kind of came around the time where bill gates not sorry not bill gates uh, donald trump was um spreading false information you know while he he him being a public figure like he while well, he was the president him being the president of the united states at the time and him having that sort of influence whenever he does take out a statement or says something and it seems like he is making it seem factual a lot of people have their eyes on that and might take that as fact so twitter then implement uh well basically uh, donald trump had put out a tweet saying that the count is over we've already won and at the point in time when he had tweeted that out no such thing had happened so people are now clamoring wondering uh, is this actually true is this fact what is going on uh Twitter then quickly and decisively made sure that they implemented some way to uh mitigate some uh you know any sort of misinformation by having a tag saying that this tweet might have infactual information which went to show that you know the the, the team behind Twitter's uh machine were ready were on the trigger with with that type of stuff to see if anything is problematic we need to be able to stamp it out before it becomes an issue otherwise you have problems like what happened with the January 6th you know capital riots and so that's why facebook is in trouble because they don't necessarily have a system in place that has the same sort of countermeasures so when you have posts that are kind of cyberbullying of somebody in a school for instance and they start to you know gather some sort of you know virality or public like it is not to get popular in some type of way it's very problematic if those things kind of stay up because that's very damaging to the person who is also on that same service and if the service is not doing anything to try and help by you know uh stomping it out or squashing it out that is very damaging that's very damaging not only to the person involved but the family and friends of the people involved as well you tragically enough you might have things like uh, sex tapes or very intimate like moments being leaked out on these sites and if facebook isn't doing anything to stop it well aren't they kind of part of the problem is the underlying factor of what these are uh, leaked cache of information is kind of saying it's saying that facebook was aware of all of this damaging aspects of them not protecting their users in that manner and them being okay with anybody posting what they wanted without them taking any responsibility of whether or not it should stay on their site 
so that's what caused the plummet uh in you know the stock obviously that's what caused the the dump obviously but um to bring it back to a thing of you know the human aspect of it all uh it got me thinking that yes okay so that's why the site went dark to begin with because uh i guess i guess they were trying to maybe cover up that this is not what they stand for this is not true you know that i i don't know if they've come up with any official statement but as far as i know uh the reason why the site went dark why facebook instagram and whatsapp went dark by the way the reason why they all went dark in that order is because uh facebook is a parent company owns those those uh, application sites so that's why they all went dark because they had to turn the surface off so some people are saying that they did that because they are uh, trying to scrub away any um private information that might implicate some high you know high profile wealthy players who have a stake in facebook's well-being um some people are saying that it went dark because facebook is now retroactively trying to implicate or rather implement these countermeasures to say that no we've always been concerned about what type of uh, information goes onto our sites whether it's harmful to any one individual or group and uh, to ensure that no no one person has too much influence over um, what can be seen or what is heard on the site in a way that could be damaging um, and that's at least from a rudimentary like looking through of the information that I've, I've, I've read through that's what I've gathered but to bring it down to a more base level of what kind of I experienced in that blackout of those applications I found myself thinking that you know what uh, in in a very big way especially within Africa uh, we are all sort of attached to social media in a major way now whether that be good or bad it's not for me to judge but it is interesting to see that uh, we as a society really rely on social media for many things like whether it be work entertainment uh, information or, or whatever uh, those platforms are kind of where we have a second life some people that might be their first life that's all they kind of really know growing up in a world now where we are all kind of interconnected and we might not be physically interconnected but technology has allowed it and social media has allowed it for us to be sort of like a global citizen or a global community in a way that if uh, your favorite influencer does something or is aware of something or went out somewhere you would like to see that maybe either to live vicariously through them or uh, to have some sort of relationship with them of uh, being being with them just you know to engage with them in that sort of way so really we do live in a world where it's not so much enough now that you could be a young person with you know a well-paying job a house and a car it's not enough just to have that anymore you kind of need to share that with not just maybe your close friends but with everyone you know you and it might be a vanity thing yes it might also just be you wanting to say that 
you're proud of how far you've come and showcase that to people but i don't know it just kind of seems like personal victories are no longer personal victories it's this sort of language of well if nobody's seen it online then does it really exist and by all means it should but because we are living in this global cybernetic village we all kind of need to have a picture out you know tweet something out um show a video so that we are immortalized in a way that um yeah no hey guys look what i'm doing i think i'm doing pretty well don't you think i'm doing well and seeking that sort of validation from it now like i said this, this is sometimes could like this, these are careers that people have 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 uh garnered from this you know technological aspect of things like using an instagram using a whatsapp using a facebook to be able to build a career is a wonderful thing these are just tools and in its infancy i guess that's all they were really they were just tools for us to be able to interconnect and people have been able to use this tool in a way that could build careers for them build lives for them so when you do have something like that shut down for as long as it did somebody's livelihood is kind of messed with and um that becomes kind of scary for them because imagine like that if you just put all your eggs in that one basket and you had to have a post up at a specific time because that's what a promoter you know wanted for you that's scary when something like that happens right the thought of your site just being shut down like that and not having any uh way of knowing when is it going to be back up so it's very interesting to see how we've evolved as a society to use these platforms in that way because even traditional media like on TV like your uh like your ETV for instance or I mean your ENCA sorry or SBC news they have they are also utilizing social media in a way that uh that's how they get impressions of of topics that they have that they want the community to engage with them with right if there's something that is a pressing matter they look towards the Twitter account, Instagram account, Facebook account, whatever the case may be to engage with uh people and so they get what is the buzz on the street. So in a way also it's kind of um done away with having a reporter on the street and like gathering information of what the consensus of what the public is feeling. There is a very interesting thing that um that happened some time back i don't know if it was this year or last year late last year but i th- i think it was i think it was late last year maybe where uh i remember at enc yeah, i woke up in the morning and i saw it was a segment on the the mood or, or, or like what do they call it the happiness quotient i guess i think it's something like that happiness quotient of the public basically how are we feeling as as the public in this lockdown slash corona time and uh they had the university of cape town conduct research on what is the happiness quotient in a percentage sort of meter and i think uh towards the middle or towards the end of last year it was at a very low rate because we were under lockdown there was a lot of uncertainty of what the future would look like or when this would end a lot of people were unhappy with uh knowing if they would be next to contract the virus or not this that and the other but the way that they were able to gather this information was through impressions 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So, which is very interesting that they use that sort of meta metadata to 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 conduct a research, you know, a, a consensus, a census that normally would require like for those people to go out and actually talk to people so they could gather the information. But because of those platforms, they were able to do that. And I thought that was very interesting to see. But it just goes to show that, yeah, a majority of us are really interconnected in that way or integrate like we have we live life through a screen and again i don't want to say that it is a good thing or a bad thing it is just what it is it's the world that we live in and that's what existence is but i don't want to get too preachy or existential about it i'm just trying to you know radiate some vibes and get your thoughts on the subject but yeah man uh i think i'm gonna end it I'm going to end this podcast right here. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode. We I went in a bit of a TED talk with what was going on at the end there, but um, I'm glad that I got to share this information with you in case you didn't know what was happening with the blackout of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp yesterday. So, uh, yeah, so that's episode seven. Again, I go by the name of Kevin Kryptonite. You can follow Mama's Basement on Spotify. You can also find us on the Anchor app. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Kryptonite. That is K-E-V-I-N-K-R-Y-P-T-I-N-I-T-E. You can also uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Kevin Kryptonite. That is K-E-V-I-N-K-R-Y-P-T-I-N-I-T-E. I will see you guys in the next episode. And uh, thank you again for the 100 plays. It really means a lot. And uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.